Support for WERU health-related programming comes from the Penobscot Bay Press, committed to providing community news and information, publishing three weekly newspapers, the Weekly Packet, Island Advantages, the Casting Patriot, the annual Bay Community Register, the Summer Seasonal Guide, and more. Also on the web at www.penobscotbaypress.com. It's 10.01 and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Healthy Options with host Rhonda Feynman is up next. With my guest, um, good morning. This is Rhonda Feynman, and welcome to Healthy Options. Um, today is um, a, a wonderful day. Tina Tucker is here with us, our guest. She's the Lincoln Counter Community Educator for New Hope for Women. New Hope for Women is one of nine projects which make up the main coalition to end domestic violence. It's a coalition which engages in advocacy and support services for women, children, and men who are dealing with dating and domestic violence and elder abuse in Knox, Lincoln, and Waldo counties. As a community educator, her goal is to heighten awareness about domestic violence and the dynamics of domestic violence. She also counsels clients in her office and on the New Hope for Women hotline. Tina Tucker, welcome to Healthy Options. Thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Yeah. Let's um, start. You know, there might be people tuning in. They're not aware of, of all the ramifications of this issue. But I want to actually start with, with people who might be tuning in or somewhere who actually need some help. So maybe we could just start right out with giving some phone numbers in case someone needs Absolutely. And as you mentioned, um, New Hope for Women is one of uh, nine projects that blankets the state with um, the crisis services. And we don't all do everything, but our core services, the hotline and uh, emergency shelters are available throughout the state. And uh, people can access the project that's appropriate to their area by calling a statewide domestic violence helpline. And that number is 1-866-834-H-E-L-P. And that's 4357. We, we've done the math. Okay, here. great. 1-866-834-4357. Right. If, if, uh, if you're in crisis right now and need some help, don't hesitate to call that Absolutely. number. Absolutely. And I can't stress enough that as we talk about what New Hope for Women does, um, I'm really talking about what other projects across the state are also doing on a daily basis. So those services are replicated so that no matter where someone seeks help, they will receive the services they need. Because we are also streaming online, so this is hopefully true nationally as well. Because New Help for Women deals with uh, Knox, Waldo, and Lincoln counties. That's correct. And, and so then I know we have local ones in the WERU listening area and, and such. So right, right. maybe we can get a little bit of background. You were very clear that not only do we talk about um, um, what's happening in um, – with actual uh, aspects of domestic abuse, but you're talking about the dynamic of domestic abuse, and maybe we can get into a little bit of that and and sure and what that looks like. You know, to, to, is it possible to not know you're being abused? Do you think or absolutely, absolutely. Um, first of all, it might be helpful to start with a definition. 
because right. that's that. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a linear person. You know, I like to start at the beginning. Absolutely. Kind of, kind of work through the elements, but. Um, the working definition of domestic violence that we use is that it is a pattern or a system of behaviors um, that is used or perpetrated by one person in an intimate or familial relationship to gain power and control over the other person in that relationship. And that's a a definition that does take in elder abuse because um, that, that is not necessarily intimate partner violence. Um, that could be a family member. It could even be a caregiver. So broadly used. Um, the state also broadens that to include household partners, uh, former partners, people who are um, related by blood. And, um, but, but basically, it's a dynamic of power and control. Um, there are a number of dynamics, a number of tactics that are used to uh, perpetrate that and maintain that dynamic of control. We often think of uh, the, the physical and sexual abuse, the things that we would um, consider to be arrestable offenses as domestic violence. Well, it's always got to be physical. Um, but we know that there are a range of dynamics, emotional, mental, psychological, um, spiritual, financial aspects of violence. And you asked if someone, if it's possible to not know, um, absolutely, because um, there are women who may never have experienced physical or sexual violence in their relationships, but they know that they're being controlled. They don't necessarily know that this is wrong um, because the perpetrator has convinced them, well, you know, I'm really great at, let's say, managing finances, so I'll take care of that. Um, and, and it's really best if just one person handles the checkbook and, you know, just, this goes through through one, one filter and, and, you know, we don't want to get confused. And you understand, sure. So there goes the financial piece. Um, and, well, okay, well, he knows what's best and, and we'll go with that. Um, that can extend to control in the household. Well, you know, we don't want to look what's happening to the oil. Don't touch the thermostat thermostat's going to be where it is. It, it, can, mm -hmm. uh, it can branch out into isolation, to, um, to not being able to make phone calls, long-distance phone calls, to family and friends. I mean, there are a variety of ways that that happens, and, it, and it's very insidious. It's very subtle. Well, of course, you know, well, we don't want to spend too much money. Well, we don't want to get into debt. It's, it's all very insidious and it can happen without that person really understanding well I'm, I'm really just you know we're, we're kind of trying to maintain ourselves here economically and as a couple and whatnot so but they don't understand that as their choices are reduced they are really in a situation where of power and control and that's part of what we consider to be abuse and a lot of people are very surprised to hear that so it's really expanding our concept of what of what that is. It's it seems uh, what you're talking about is isolation. It's a way that's of one of the factors. That's just one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's just that's one. Um, put downs, an, an emotional a piece of emotional abuse. Um, well, you'd think that um, you'd learn to have made a, a cup of coffee, decent cup of coffee by now. Um, I hate the way you wear your hair. You know you know you could stand to lose a little weight. You look horrible in that dress. Ooh. Those kinds of put downs. Um, n who else would want you? You know, uh, it, 
you, you can think about leaving, but you know nobody else would want you. Well, wow. um, those kinds of emotional put downs, and and we, those things kind of come into the relationship gradually. Obviously, if that were at the outset, probably the not. relationship would not have been formed. Right. So, do you feel like there's a conscious intent, or is this a, a learned behavior, or it's a learned behavior, and the um, perpetuation of the behavior is very conscious. It, it is premeditated and intentional. That is the design of a person who's heavily invested in that belief system. And we are talking about a belief system that's rooted in patriarchy. And that goes way, way back <laughs> um, into our history. Well, we do know, it, it, just to take the idea of marriage, for instance, that that was just a, a legal contract Absolutely. about property. It's a business arrangement. Right. And when um, um, Agriculture began, ownership of property began. Then the women, I guess they were called wives back then, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, the, the women in, the, in, in a partnership um, were part of that property package. And um, that, that shred, that little thread remnant of patriarchy is what comes through today. It is a, it is a belief system, and it is part of the oppression of women. And we are having to rid ourselves of it. And as we say that, though, um, we also know that these kinds of factors happen. It's, it, it happens to men. It happens in, in, in same-sex relationships. Yes. So we're really talking about a larger societal framework. So it, we, we don't have to be as literal. It's not, no, it is. In, however. We need, yeah, however. Um, time has, and, and our even our recent history, our past history and our recent history has shown us that this continues to be primarily, domestic violence continues to be primarily a crime committed against women. 85% um, nationally, 85% of reported incidents of domestic violence um, are perpetrated by men against women. That other piece, that other 15%, is where we find um, incidents of violence committed against men by other men by women, um, and, and some of that violence against women, of course, is perpetrated by other women. Um, and the dynamics are exactly the same. Um, but it is a learned behavior. And so it isn't just men who are learning that, that power and control is, it works, and how to make it work. And we just need to let that sit in for a minute, mm -hmm. because this is, I think there's so many assumptions um, in, in our society um, blaming a woman mm -hmm. for staying, blaming a woman for being in that situation. And I think we need to um, address that, that aspect as well. And that's part of, of that whole belief system. Absolutely. Um, can maybe you could talk well, about I, how you, what programs yeah. and how you would address that. And, yeah. Well, um, of course, this, this whole belief system, women are, are in, we're kind of tagging along uh, and, and changing uh, the way that we think about ourselves and our roles. And this has come very quickly in our history. When you think about the last 40 years, what's happened to us um, in, our, in our lives. I mean, my mother was born before women had the right to vote. Um, so here it is in this very small space of time that we've, we've gained so much. And so we're coming into our, to our, ourselves and um, very, very quickly um, and having to change the way we think. And I think that sometimes um, tends to um, enhance that situation that we were just talking about where um, 
women are, are nurturers, they are mediators, peacemakers, and we tend to want to um, make sure that our relationship is on track and going well, and we're going to do what we need to do to make sure that that happens. And so acquiescing and agreeing, well, gee, yes, this is economically sound. Well, he isn't, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to have two cars. We'll just use yours. And, well, we don't need, you don't need a job because we've moved in together. So whatever, it all makes sense. And so, and yes, well, okay, we want to we mm-hmm. make things smooth. And if it's logical, sure. It's insidious. And, and so I think women can find themselves in, in that situation. But we also forget that, that there's an emotional relationship that's formed. And it's not just economic dependence, um, but it's a love relationship. And when um, any of us are in the process of forming a relationship, we're going to put our best selves forward. We're not going to um, meet in a, um, um, in a social situation and walk up to someone and say, hi, I'm an abuser. I'd really like to get to know you better. <laughs> it just doesn't happen that way. Right. People put their charming selves forward. And abu- people who are abusive are particularly good at making sure that that other side never shows. And that they are telling, and it might be a woman or a man, most often it's men, are telling um, a prospective partner all the things that she wants to hear. And... That includes, as a dating relationship begins, I want to spend all my time with you. You're everything to me. I don't want to share you with anyone else. Well, who doesn't want to hear that? We all do. But how do you know if that person is intending to isolate you or not? It's very difficult to negotiate that. And so when those, well, why don't we move in together? Because it'll save money. Well, why don't you get rid of your car? Because it will save money. All of those things happen very quickly. And then um, that, that person that you were envisioning this wonderful relationship with has all of a sudden created a situation. Gee, I didn't know I was going to land here, but that's okay. We'll make the best of it. And, but here we are. It happens, that emotional connection happens before we really realize, perhaps, what the, the wider implications are. And so I think you'd... One of the things that I'm, I'm constantly aware of is that people who have never experienced this kind of dynamic find it hard to believe that someone could be trapped in this relationship mm. and not uh, see those signs and not see the red flags. And people will instantly say, well, gee, I'd never let that happen to me. If someone treated me that way, I'd just leave. Um, we also have to realize that as the power and control progresses, if all of the uh, perhaps psychological factors, and and they can be pretty intense. It can be uh, pounding on walls, yelling, threat-making. It might not be. It might simply be a look or a tone of voice that says, this is the way things are going to be. If that doesn't work, then the odds, then the... um, um, stakes are, are heightened. Well, now I have to yell and scream, and I might have to pound the wall, and I might have to pound, break some furniture. Um, the next thing we know, um, we're, we're, we're in a situation where, okay, I'm really afraid. And we know that women who leave are at the greatest risk of physical harm 
or of being killed. Mm-hmm. And so when we say, why doesn't she just leave? We may be saying, okay, well, why doesn't she just walk out? Oh, and by the way, on the way out, why don't you just attach a target to your back? Right. We're really, that's not a, a safe thing mm-hmm. or, or a helpful thing for us as, a, as individuals or as a community to say to women who are in that situation. So if anyone is in that situation, and we're going to talk in a minute also about um, if you perceive or know someone you love who's in that situation, how we can intervene. I want to give those numbers again because someone might be listening who who needs that. The statewide number is um, 1-866-834-HELP, which is 4357, 1-866-834-4357. We're, uh, you're listening to Healthy Options here on WERU. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and we are talking with Tina Tucker, who's a uh, community educator for New Hope for Women, and we're um, really getting up to speed on uh, the issues and, and the dynamic and the assumptions of uh, domestic violence. Um, I have to say, I've been doing this show for a while, and I think this was one of the hardest shows to actually put together just because of the emotional impact mm-hmm. and implication of, of, of some of the things we're talking about. Because as we, I read and as we learn, um, this cuts across, it's not, it, it's not one group of people who perpetuate this. It's, no. it, it's something that happens. It, it happens across all social strata. And so it doesn't know any boundaries of any socioeconomic boundaries, no boundaries of education, age, race, geography, um, religion. Uh, I was, it was interesting. I was listening um, this morning to the, um, um, I believe it's um, the, called the Rockefeller case. It was the, the, um, the fellow who, Put himself forward as a Rockefeller and um, was married to uh, a, a woman. They have a, a small child, and she she thought he was part of the Rockefeller dynasty. She's um, a, a corporate um, person, bright, um, large income, but talked about the control. In um, he he was a fraud. Um, that was <laughs> it was right. a little bit of a different spin on power and control. But in her professional life. Um, she was bright and talented and, and whatnot, but in her personal life was completely controlled and had no control over even a penny of, of their fortunes. How could that possibly be? How could that happen? It's hard to explain, and it, it's really hard to know unless you have a window into that dynamic. But um, it relationships that have been um, formed and are, have been going for many years um, create almost, um, well, that the abuser becomes the only reality check. Um, we've, it, it's similar in many cases to brainwashing. Mm. Um, I've referred to women who have lived in these situations for many years as domestic hostages. And it, it's, it's a, a very, very powerful dynamic. Mm. So there are many, I, there, I, I know that New Hope for Women has extraordinarily vast resources here, and I, I was looking um, at some of the things that, that you offer, and it really talks about dating, and we really are talking about this being pre- per- perpetuated on, uh, with young people. Absolutely. Um, and, and my specialty isn't, isn't um, the school-based um, work, and so I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be um, the, the go-to person for, um, 
for issues that affect um, our our young people in particularly in middle and, and high schools, but our school-based program actually starts, if, if we can get into the schools, um, they're not required to invite us, but we, we hope that they will. Um, if we can get into the schools at the primary school level, the elementary level, we start talking very early about forming healthy relationships um, and bullying that, that starts at a very, very early age is the dynamic of power and control. And so as bullying uh, progresses through primary school and into the middle school, um, it becomes very powerful. And, um, and that mindset, again, that's a belief system that I get to be more powerful than you. I get to intimidate you. And no one's going to stop me. Well, that's the other piece that I wanted to talk about over history. We've heard of... Um, uh, of, of incidents where the police come and then someone doesn't press charges or, oh, don't worry about it, or some, uh, uh, somebody who's abusing doesn't get arrested, um, even though we know that it's against the law. Is this not Absolutely. against the law in, Absolutely. in Maine? Is that true nationwide? Or, or I mean, are there domestic violence laws, or is this state yeah. by state? Or? Well, in, in, I, I, would imagine, I would believe that in every state has, has its own um, statute. Right. set up. They deal with it, perhaps in, in different ways, and we hear about different parts of the country right. addressing and, and dealing with domestic violence differently than we do here in Maine. We are extremely fortunate, um, and in my experience, to have um, great support um, all the way from local police, our county sheriff's departments, the Maine State Police, all the way up through um, the Department of Public Safety to the governor. Um, who have have um, consistently supported efforts to bring this out into the public eye and make sure that number one we we know what it is and that we deal with it um, head on. But um, so it's it's a it's a huge task. So people will. I mean, is there accountability? I, I think in the past there wasn't, and of course that's where the movement right. as it came from women actually needing to gather and and really create right. these kinds of services this Absolutely. was not given freely of no uh, no as as, as with all forms of oppression the, the the work starts from below from the people who are experiencing the oppression right. and then it it rises up into other levels of society it must have been scary uh, even 20 years ago maybe even now in some in some communities in some I communities would think. where there really is little or no response, and that's uh, that's obviously part of our our work is to make sure that 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 doesn't happen anymore. But generally speaking, when um, when someone calls nine one one and reports a domestic assault, there really is a mandate to have an arrest, and and therein is the challenge for the officer to do some investigating and to figure out who um, is doing the perpetrating and. The uh, statutes that have been created in the last couple of years actually naming domestic violence as a crime and also asserting that it is not a snapshot crime. It is a course of conduct. And that goes back to when I was describing domestic violence as a pattern or a system of dynamics, of behaviors. All of those things go into the, the create to the, um, to the act uh, and, and the um, perpetration of that that crime. And so other forms of um, other dynamics in that, in that piece are taken into consideration. It's like stalking. 
you know, stalking isn't just, just okay, it's not just one person standing looking across the parking lot. It's, it's the whole course of conduct, of right. following, of, right. um, of harassment, and, and all the things that go into that dynamic. So it's, it's a little more complicated, and um, hats off to our, our law enforcement people, because they do a great job in a very difficult scenario. So um, what, someone finally gets the courage and makes the call and gets out of the, out of the situation. Um, what, what are the steps? How does one regain oneself again? I mean, it's, it's almost seems I've done a number of shows on post-traumatic stress. It seems mm-hmm. like that's what we're dealing with here. There's a and, lot of work for someone yeah. to do because, um, in fact, depending on the length of time that, that someone has been in that relationship, they uh, may really feel that they've been robbed of their personhood because when they don't have choices, they don't have choice-making, and someone has been really making all of their decisions, uh, ruling every aspect of their lives, they suddenly realize, well, I'm not sure I know how to do this. Um, And it's a huge huge adjustment. There are um, many people who suffer from depression, and anxiety. That's just the tip of the iceberg with the, the mental health issues and the physiological issues that women who've been in that sort of a situation face. Um, post-traumatic stress syndrome is not uncommon. So we certainly want to make sure that women are referred to the mental health agency, that the local services that may be available to them, and that they know that, that this is really an appropriate place for them to be. And it's not a, a stigma that they've what they've been through is not their fault. But they, they do have a road to um, a journey ahead to regain their sense of self and sense of self-worth and, uh, and to understand that um, they do have power. We just need to reconnect them with, with the power that they once had and that they've lost. So there, there are a variety of, of ways that we do that and, of course, connecting to the hotline um, telling the story over and over and over again. Um, we find that women um, will often tell the story differently. They remember different things as they, as they repeat the um, different parts of their relationship that have been difficult. And the hotline, allow, or talking to someone one-on-one, allows them to process that, um, to have us reaffirm and reflect along the way and continue to um, assure them they were not to blame, this abuse is not their fault, and that they really had no way of knowing. Presented with a charming person who offered them the world, they had no way of knowing what, what the relationship would turn into. And when they did, they may have owned a house, they had children together, they had all the kinds of things that entrap you, and, and so it's a long way out. And in this economy, with housing and, and resources in the state as tight as they are, it's, it's a huge challenge. And this is where family and friends and other support people come in. So, yeah, I want to, I want to uh, pick up on that. Um, this is Healthy Options. I'm Rhonda Feynman. We're speaking today with Tina Tucker. She's a Lincoln County community... Uh, I'll say this right. Community educator for New Hope for Women, and New Hope for Women is one of the of uh, nine projects which make up the main coalition to end domestic violence, and um, that's what we're talking about. Um, healthy relationships. We're going about uh, discussing that actually by the way of uh, of looking at the dynamic of what can go wrong, and. Um, 
really relearning for some people what it is to uh, regain one's self-esteem. I would imagine that the shame factor would be quite huge, especially, you know, in, in when there's so much information there, one might try to blame oneself. Sure. I mean, how could I have done this? How could this happen to me? Exactly. Exactly. How could I have been so stupid? Right. And in fact, they weren't stupid at all. They were simply responding to, um, as I said before, words and, and actions and emotions that we all we all want. It's the human that's the human condition. So we talk about too that abuse often runs in families, that it's a learned behavior. It is the learned behavior. Um, but I would say this also happens to people who are kind of caught off guard, who haven't had this experience, but come into contact with someone behaving with those behavior traits and not recreating their childhood or something like that, but finding themselves oh, in a new situation. Sure. Um, there are some women who have never known um, a peace in their lives, and they have had domestic violence in their home of origin and then in their dating partners and then perhaps in, in adult partnerships and have no idea what what life should really be like. There are other women who had absolutely wonderful um, experiences growing up and, again, had every right to expect this in their adult relationship and thought they found it because all the signs were there. Right. And and yet did not did not realize what was what was about to to happen to them. And um, so it, it 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 that's why we say there are really no there are no boundaries to this. This can happen to anyone. Anyone can be a victim of domestic violence. Uh, and but the the perpetrators um, are um, are certainly in in that that line of it's very rare that a perpetrator of domestic violence would not have learned that behavior from someone um, in his or her family of origin, and it might not have been dad, but most often it is. Right. Yeah. So cutting, breaking the cycle, getting into schools early, that kind of thing. But when there, that doesn't yeah, there, happen, right? There are two pieces to our work, and and one, of course, is the the intervention, and those are the crisis services. So when we're we're women are coming to us and either on the hotline or in our office and, and, and telling us their stories. And we, we have to respond in a variety of ways. And sometimes it's very quickly to provide immediate crisis services. But sometimes it's, okay, well, you know, you're on a journey. So we'll stay connected. You call us and, and we'll, we will offer you a support group or, um, you know, other services in the community. Um, but there are prevention services, and that's the other piece. And that's where the school-based um, piece comes in, and that's where my work comes in. Um, because as we're trying to deal with the crisis at hand, we're also dealing with trying to prevent this from perpetuating indefinitely into the future. And so, yes, a learned behavior can be unlearned. But it's one of those things that the community has to own on a large scale. And it's happening, but it's happening slowly. And um, we are changing a culture. We're, we're changing, a, this is a cultural shift. And um, it's going to take a while. But the more partners that we have as we move forward, um, the safer the community will be. Two things happen. When, when everyone's on the same page, when certainly from the government on down, and when law enforcement, the criminal justice system, um, the media, uh, churches, businesses, services, uh, re, um, um, commercial, ev- everyone, in, when, the, when the community at large 
is all on the same page. You know, we're not going to stand for domestic violence in our community. This is not going to happen to us. When this happens to some of us, it's a reflection on all of us, and we're not going to stand for it. So not, you know, I'm I'm just thinking of in the popular culture, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't even remember who it was, but oh, one of the singers, the, there was a, a, a pretty um, large case where two very famous people, right, he beat her up, and then yes. the the fans, the, the blogs, were all about what did she do? Mm-hmm. What did she do to make him so mad? Right. And this was, you know... And yet, if, on, on, if we were all well-educated, let's create a scenario where every one of us knew exactly what had happened here, and, and we all said with one voice, How dare you? How dare you? She's not to blame. The victim right. is never to blame. All he had to do, if he were that upset, then he had just just get out of the car and walk away. Mm-hmm. If that if that's really if if you're right. really that upset and right. really that unhappy, that community voice it has to be there for us to be able to create number one a safe place for a victim to go. But we also have to hold the batterer accountable. Accountable. That's this is unacceptable piece. behavior. Right. And I would think that this happens in families and in our culture growing up. Oh look, you know the macho guy. You know oh look he's just so together or somehow you get approval and 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 not accountable Absolutely. you know if from a very young age or even not a young age right. someone said or the community said what what do you think you're doing no absolutely yes. if the community had had a say in other words if um you know i have i have this this image of of someone who's um in, in a situation where they're abusing their partner and getting all sorts of perks from their peer group. You know, oh, right. the old lady gave you a hard time. Well, I guess you put her in her place. You showed her. Right. Good right. for you. Right. Um, that kind of mentality. And um, employers are not, uh, um, employers are bailing their employees out when, um, if they're arrested. Well, mm-hmm. what would happen if that person lost his job? Right. This behavior How, isn't, isn't part of, of what we want in our Exactly. Or in our uh, workplace. Exactly. You're not welcome we, here. Exactly. Um, this is illegal. You you broke the law. You assaulted someone. Not only that, you assaulted the person who trusted you and and was supposed to. You were supposed to love and and be in a healthy relationship with. So so this is no. This is not acceptable. So if you know what kind of yeah, we don't want this person in our workplace. If that happened on a large scale. Well, yeah, no, we we don't want you here. So pretty soon you 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 start to lose things. When women are in an abusive relationship and leave, they lose their lose their homes. They may lose their transportation. They may have to leave their job. They have no money. They have nothing. And the person who's doing the the the, the abuse gets to keep everything. And my magic wand thing is, let's change that. Let's switch that around and have the abuser have to hide under a rock. And have women and children or the people who are suffering from abuse uh, in their homes and putting their lives back together again the way it should be. So what are some of the techniques, and and you do some counseling, to help women regain their strength, help a a victim, you know, because as we know, it it is the perpetrator's issue. Right. And, you know, I do want to know if there are any resources for um, 
you know, who's who's dealing with the perpetrators? We I mean, are. You are. We are as well, and we can talk about that. Yes, in a I think it's important, but um, I do want to talk about empowerment, about how to recreate mm-hmm. and how to talk about healthy relationships. Right. And I also want to talk about, and let's get back to this, and you're the linear person here, so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, what if someone you know comes to you mm-hmm. and says, can I stay here? Can I? Can you help me? How how do we in the community respond on a very practical level? Well, that this happens isn't... every day. Yes. It happens every day. Um, people who um, have to leave because they don't feel safe or they're they're just in, in, a, in a terribly unhealthy situation. And they finally wake up one morning and, okay, this is the day. I'm not going to be here anymore. Um, we could not possibly handle all uh, of the situations if, if fen- friends and family didn't step in and say, look, you're welcome to stay with me as long as you can. Women who have that option are, are tremendously fortunate um, because they, they have the gift of time to be able to, um, because housing and, and finding um, another situation that might be safe and adequate is not, is not easy to come by. And, and that often is daunting for women and keeps them, tends to keep them. All of the, the things that we talked about, the, the economics mm-hmm. and the, the logistics, transportation, um, employment, tend to keep women in that abusive relationship longer than, than they would like because they just have no idea how they're going to recreate their lives Mm-hmm. outside. So if they have someone who's supportive, who says, yeah, you can come and stay with me for as long as you want, it may not be safe. If they discover that it's not safe, then then that's where we need to come in and possibly talk about a shelter situation. But by and large, the work that we do with women, and you, you, you called it empowerment, and that's exactly what it is. Women come to us. We do not seek them out. They come to us and they tell us their stories, and we reassure them that what they're going through is common. Some women just don't even know. Mm-hmm. They don't even know that thousands of women share their experience because they've been so isolated. And sometimes we'll actually finish their sentences for them. Oh, I bet he does this and this, and they'll say, "How did you know that? How did you know?" And we'll say, "Because you're not alone." Somehow, these dynamics are very, very similar. Those behaviors and those tactics that are used to create power and control are very, very similar. And women have, their experiences always are unique, but there are some, some common threads in, in those stories that we're prepared for. And so we listen, and, and it, takes, it may take years for them to come forward and tell their stories and um, for us to be able to, um, again, connect them with other resources that will help them. A job mm-hmm. is a wonderful resource, and women can, can find support. They find um, a, a um, self-esteem building when they are successful, being um, able to um, receive a paycheck and have complete control over what, what happens to that paycheck. I mean, that... There are a variety of things that can help put her back on track. Um, I'm not sure if that answers well, your question. It's a long of, process. It, it is a process. And um, I'm also thinking uh, if you notice or if, if you see this going on, mm-hmm. um, because I, I would think that there's a, there's a lot of secrecy 
people seem as you <clears throat> that that life is going on normally, but all sure. of a sudden, For a or lot not. Of- not all of a sudden, but, you know, if you're aware, right. as many of you, as you're doing your education in the community, people can become aware and going, what's going on there? Right. Is right. that appropriate to say something? How, or is it to say, is, there, is everything all right? Oh, it Call absolutely me. is. How do you intervene? I know um, I'm thinking of a, of a situation um, with some younger people that I've spoken to where one of their group went off to college and all of a sudden disappeared. Mm-hmm. in an abusive relationship. And these young women were saying, well, oh, you know, it's a drag. I don't want to be around her anymore. Mm-hmm. Or how do I intervene? So what, what are tools that we in the community should notice? If you notice something, what's appropriate? What, what isn't? Do you have any advice? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sometimes it's scary, too. It, for is, the... it is scary. It's a risk. So that, that's off-putting for an awful lot of people. Um, you're right. Domestic violence happens in silence and isolation. And so as long as those factors are, are in play or in, are dominant, then that, that's a pretty safe place for, for everything kind of goes along as usual. When, um, when women are out in the workplace, that's a great place for coworkers or um, um, others who come in, clients and other mm-hmm. people coming in contact with her to observe behavior, and um, there, it, it, it's hard to it's hard sometimes to know what's wrong when you see a change in someone's behavior, and the changes can be uh, varied. Someone can be um, all of a sudden be very quiet and reserved and depressed, or the opposite, high, highly anxious and 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 perhaps be. Um, um, hyperactive and 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 re- responding in in a very in a very different way um, certainly there might be injuries that would be the most obvious right. um, repeated mm-hmm. injuries but if someone is late to work all the time um, or if someone has um, is never able to work overtime never able to change shifts if you hear someone say um, I can't be late I have to get home I have to be home right at such and such a time, or I, I can't go to lunch, I don't, know. I, I can't go out to lunch with you, um, I don't have the money, or it's just signs that say, wow. And getting back to that word pattern, again, the fact that someone has to leave might be that they have to pick up children at a child care situation, they might have an elderly parent at home um, that depends on them. There are a variety of reasons but when you put things together, right. when you start to see a larger picture, and certainly seeing injuries, someone who's um, who has absences and then comes in and has injuries, um, lots of makeup, wearing high um, mm-hmm. uh, turtleneck sweaters or to hide injuries right. or, or whatever, those right. those we, things start to become. We, we don't want to start seeing things that aren't there. In other no. words, you know, no, that you there are legitimate to, reasons for right. people. This to, is a process of, of it, it is observation, a, right? And sometimes there there is that uh, there's an intuition. So would you know if you don't know someone very well that you don't want to be the, the Budinsky neighbor or something? <laughs> do you offer the phone number, for instance? Let's give that phone number again. The um, main crisis. State the state number right. is what? What is that? One eight eight six six eight three four four three five seven, and that's a good number to give to someone. It can be, but you want to make sure that that's what mm-hmm. you're dealing with, right? Because again, we don't want to make assumptions that right. when someone is exhibiting 
when there's a change in behavior mm-hmm. or something that we find troubling, mm-hmm. um, that we approach right? the person first mm-hmm. in a very non-threatening yeah. situation, mm-hmm. in a relaxed situation, quiet, confidential, and just say, you know, I've noticed that every time you look at your email, you get upset or you get a phone call about the same time every day and it's really upsetting for you. Is everything okay? And can I help you? Is there any way that I can help? Now, it could be that they, that they're, they're not, not ready. They're not going there. Um, they're not ready. They're afraid. They're ashamed. Um, and there are a whole bunch of reasons, good reasons, because women know their situations best. And they are surviving. They have found a way to survive, and they're doing it. And that's why we don't manage that process. They do. The important thing is to know, number one, that they have a concerned person or maybe a bunch of concerned people um, in their workplace or in social situations, neighbors, anyone. This person's someone I could go to if I needed to, even just for a ride or whatever. So you've you've really created a bridge, and that's what we're trying to do. Mm. So we'd like the community to do. Um, we need to go at each situation very carefully and use and let the person who's doing, who's in the situation drive that situation and, and so forth. But to be ready. Now, if this person doesn't disclose, this person that you mm-hmm. talked about that doesn't disclose, and says, no, 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 I, I'm Everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. Okay. But if there's a poster in her office with a local domestic violence information, then there's a message again the workplace is supportive. There's a place to go. I'm not alone. When I'm ready, I will take the number and, and make the phone call or make an appointment or whatever it is that I need to do. So you're setting the stage. Absolutely. This is Healthy Options, by the way, on WERU. I'm Rhonda Feynman. Today our guest is Tina Tucker from New Hope for Women, and we're discussing uh, domestic violence and um, the um, the whole dynamic of domestic violence and the resources that are out there um, in Maine and some of the aspects that uh, what we need to think about in, in our as we form relationships and as we teach each other and or support each other in relationship. I know we wanted to, um, time is flying, uh, talk a little bit about elder abuse, which is sometimes mm-hmm. not so much um, identified. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? And I, and I know you mentioned something about uh, there is a, an elder abuse awareness. Uh, I'm not sure events are happening, but we certainly no. have a, a, a time when we're, when we're thinking about this and Absolutely. educating people about it. Well, it, as with domestic violence, it's, you know, every day is, <laughs> is an awareness day because right. we, have, we just kind of um, take those opportunities to, um, to teach and to educate as they, as they come to us. Um, in, um, in June, the 15th of June every year, is World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. And um, a lot of social um, agencies that support um, seniors, as well as the domestic violence projects, um, often recognize this in a, in a variety of ways and have special awareness events or media campaigns and, and so forth. But um, when we think about women, um, who are in um, abusive relationships as being isolated, imagine um, a dependent elder and how that person's um, isolation is heightened. It's, um, it's extraordinary. And we know that most victims of elder abuse are women. Um, 
probably over the age of 70 and who have a variety of either um, uh, physiological or, or other factors that have created a dependency. And so they're not able to be on their own. They're not able to drive. They're not able to handle their own um, finances or, or whatever. So they have a well-meaning um, either family member or, or someone who moves in and says, well, I'll take care of you, and I can, I can help you with transportation, and I can do this and that and the other, and the next thing you know, um, this poor person is, is suffering all the dynamics that we've talked about, emotional abuse, mental abuse, um, certainly financial exploitation. Um, and there are a, a number of agencies who are doing a great job of um, bringing banks, financial institutions, and other businesses on board to be aware when there's a, a change in an elder person's financial picture, if there are large um, withdrawals. withdrawals that are to cash and things like that, they will actually call. This, and, and so this is, is wonderful, because we are an aging population. Maine is the oldest state in the, in the United States. Oh. And so as, the, as, as we boomers age <laughs> and, and go um, into our, our senior years, Maine is going to be faced with a crisis. Um, we have probably 12,000 to 14,000 incidents of elder abuse in the state a year, and only a fraction of these are reported. It's, it's the same dynamic that people are in, in a situation of being isolated. They have no power. They may literally have no strength. Women, literally. Uh, women who are uh, younger women who are in a situation have a chance of getting out of that relationship as they as they put all of their resources together, and they gather their strength, and they have they have a, a life perhaps ahead of them to re recreate a, a new a new place for themselves. But seniors, not so much. Um, they have no options in many cases. If it's a family member, and it, our studies show that it's most often a spouse. Again, so this is domestic violence grown old for many people. Um, in some cases, the, the next wave of abusers are children, adult children. So this person does not want to cause problems for that child. Well, this is my son. This is my daughter. I don't want to call the police. I don't want them to go to jail. What will happen? And if they go to jail, what happens to me? Do I go to a nursing home? Mm -hmm. um, it, it's fearful. It's, it's, it's a horrible situation. And we're only beginning to, to really... Uh, I shouldn't say beginning because the work has been going on for a long time, but beginning to be aware to talk of, about it and, and the the enormity yeah. of what we're dealing with. Um, yeah, that silence and isolation is has really cooperated to create um, a devastating situation for a lot of people. So, I'm, what I keep feeling underneath this, the whole that if if in our society is encouraging being in charge, controlling, and that's kind of, this is, the abuse is the warped extension right. of what we consider positive, right. you know, being in control, being able to have an effect in our lives. And I'm also thinking that what this really is underneath it all is actually feeling quite helpless. You know, those feelings of, of not having control. So you almost have to go out of your way to try to have control. It, it's so, it just seems that there's, there's so much feeling of absolute helplessness. Well, there is a feeling of powerlessness. 
Yes. Certainly um, for anyone who's in, in a relationship mm-hmm. that is, in fact, oppressive. Mm-hmm. And we are talking about justice. Yes. We're talking about equality and justice. And when, so that would be the antithesis of, of a relationship that's based on power and control. And so the goal <laughs> is, first of all, to, to have people who are in, and it's difficult with elders because mm-hmm. um, really all, what we really need to do is to make their situation as, as, as comfortable and, and um, um, helpful as, as, as we can, as quickly as we can. Um, but with younger people in, in abusive situations to help them to understand if, if they've never known what a healthy relationship is, if they've never known that um, two partners can get along, that really they should be bringing out the best in each other, they should be creating space for each other, um, that they should not, you know, being called on your cell phone 50 times a day is not love, <laughs> but control. Um, that to, to kind of relearn what those healthy indicators are and to understand that everyone has a right to be in a relationship that's based on trust and respect and all of those healthy indicators so that when, you, when you're talking about finances, sure, one person may do the checkbook, but that's because I really, I'm a terrible at keeping a checkbook. And so my partner and I both agree that he will do it. It's about choice making. It's about negotiating and choice making and both partners cooperating to negotiate their relationship as they go through it so that no one person is making all the decisions. And both people feel, well, wait a minute. Okay, I want to take a turn at that. Okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and it's idyllic. I mean, that's not yeah. always the way it works out, but it is based on choices. So um, we talked about a lot of the resources that New, New Hope for Women has in terms of, um, of shelters, in terms of counseling options, mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, of assisting people in recreating and recreating their lives, mm-hmm. as it were. And then you mentioned something about um, there are also programs for abusers. For the batterers. For we the have, batterers. Right. And there are a number of programs around the state. Some are, are attached to the domestic violence agencies themselves, and some are freestanding nonprofit agencies. Um, they part agencies. of the, the legal system as well? Um, well, they, yes, they are overseen by the Department of Corrections, and there are standards that have to be met. Um, Time for Change is the program that, is, um, that, that New Hope for Women has for um, batters. It's only for men at this point in time. Um, it's an educational program. 48-week program. Um, the, um, the groups are held um, in Rockland and Belfast. By and large, the um, attendance at, at these groups is a condition of probation. Very few people self-refer. Hmm. Um, it's very often a condition of probation. It's really all we have, but it's simply re-educating them to understand that the behavior that brought them into the criminal justice system is wrong, and here's how. Here's how to create. Here's how to create a different scenario, and here's how to create relationships that are that are not abusive. So there are resources out there, and I see um, the website is is incredibly useful. Um, let's give that uh, number again. Uh, go for it. The 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 domestic, domestic violence statewide helpline one eight six six eight three four 
H-E-L-P, which is... <laughs> oh, oh. I've lost. Oh, here it is. 4357. I really should That's that a good down. one. 4357. When you need to dial fast, but you yeah. know. Um, we've been talking with uh, Tina Tucker, and she is a... Um, she does something here. Hold it. Well, now, <laughs> what <laughs> well, do you do? Tell well, us just more. what I'm doing yes. right now, yes. um, which is educating the community. And, and I, I, I will just talk to anyone who will listen, and uh, I, hope, I hope that we've reached a lot of people today. And I know we haven't covered everything, but... Um, well, we tried to. Um, let me ask you one very, very, very quick. We have like 10 seconds to, to do this. When, it, when there's um, domestic violence for elders... Is there a place for them to go? Adult Protective Services. Okay. All right. So yes. we just wanted to get that yes. in for sure. Adult Protective yes. Services. Thank you so much, Tina. And for more information, how can someone reach you? Or is there... Um, to call New Hope for Women's Hotline, 1-800-522-3304. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Amy Brown, for engineering. And I'm Rhonda Feynman. This has been Healthy Options. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to WERU. Thank you. Support for WERU comes from Inner Tapestry, a holistic journal celebrating and supporting life, featuring alternative health and natural living articles, calendar listings, and a directory of resources. Available at health food stores and alternative health centers, 799-7995 or innertapestry.org.